You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. Um, this will be our last show of 2020. Yes, we do take a break for the last two weeks of the year as we do every year. So uh, this will be our last show for this year. But never fear, we will be back. I've got a ton of amazing guests lined up for next year. As a matter of fact, I'm booked out now with guests until like July. So <laughs> um, we got lots of great people and probably will be booked up all of next year before too too many too much longer. But I have a wonderful guest in store for you today, someone who's uh, been on the show in the past and uh, thought it would be good to bring him back on. We'll close out the year with my friend Michael. All right, so let's start off, of course, with our quotes of the day from uh, Mike Dooley uh, and the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First, from the universe. What if the things you're going through right now were custom designed to set you up for some really big dreams coming true? Huge, big dreams. And I see a million person army of followers who are inspired coming out of this as well. Tally ho, the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. I think... Uh trying to maybe nudge us a little bit into the direction of reminding us that things happen for us and not to us. This is one of the those phrases from my book that, that I, I, I is a quote from my dear friend Jennifer Huff that I will continue to say often and frequently until the entire world has heard it because I am such a big believer that life does happen for us, not to us. So what if we would just adopt the perspective that what is going on is actually happening for our best interests, for our greatest and highest good, and no matter how difficult, how challenging, how much we may feel like we're struggling to get through it. It's actually what we need to grow, to learn, to 
uh, continue our, our path of evolution more than anything else. What if that were true? I'm not saying it is true. I'm just, I'm just saying, what if we consider it as if it was true? What would you do differently? How would you respond differently to what's around, happening around you? How would you feel differently? And what if the action, the, the momentum, what if the words you spoke came from that perspective? How would it shift your life today? How would you act differently? How much more gratitude could you ingrain into your day-to-day life if you merely acted as if this is all designed to help us? To help you, to help me, to help us all. It may not seem like it. You know, we, we really don't have the perspective right now, right here today, to really know how things may be serving us or not. And and this is one of the things I often say to people is we don't know in the moment whether something is quote unquote really good or really bad. It's only with time and perspective. And, And actually with time, something can shift from seeing like an awful thing to a good thing, back to being an awful thing, back to being a good thing, you know, it can really shift a lot. So if we can just remove our judgment for the moment and stop saying, oh my God, this is so bad, or this is so great, but to just let whatever is be what it is without putting our own opinion on top of it, maybe just maybe we can move through life with less stress with a little more ease with a little more with a little more joy in our life after all isn't that what we all want maybe just even a little more fun that would be good too right awesome and in the end that million person army of followers which is what my guest is going to talk about all today uh we'll we'll be inspired to come out as well all right an awesome quote from the universe let's see what uh, uh abraham has for us today when a child has a dream and a parent says it's not financially feasible you can't make a living at that don't do it we say to the child, run away from home. Uh-oh. <laughs> you must follow your dream. You will never be joyful if you don't. Your dream may change, but you've got to stay after your dreams. You have to. Abraham. Mm. Okay. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure Abraham is not telling all the kids out there to run away from home. But, but, but might be. Um, but it's more about following your joy. It's more about when we have some kind of dream, something that inspires us, something that lights us up, there's a reason why. And not only is there a reason why it lights us up, but there's a reason why we have that dream in the first place. And what Abraham is saying here is that by moving in the direction of what lights us up, no matter whether we're six years old, 16 years old, 26 years old, or 66 years old, it does not matter. We move in that direction, then we're in flow. Then we're really following uh, our life's path. We're, we're moving in the direction that life and, and, and our spirit wants us to move in because We are designed to follow our dreams. We are designed to live a life that is joyful, abundant, energetic, lively. And when we're following our dreams, that is when we have the least amount of resistance to what's going on around us, to life itself. 
So yes, the, the idea that it, you know, if 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 your your family, if 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 your environment around you is telling you don't follow your dreams, you know, forget it, it's not feasible. That's their opinion. It doesn't have to be your reality, and that oftentimes there is always another way around to that dream. When I was a kid pretty much the only dream I had was to become an astronaut. I mean, you know, I was a child of the Star Trek generation. If, if I wasn't out there exploring space, you know, what's the point? And then when I was in high school, and, and again, I've been wearing glasses since I was in third grade. And when I was in high school, I found out at the time to become an astronaut, you had to be an Air Force pilot and you had to have 20-20 vision. There was no way I was going into the military. And uh, at the time, there was no LASIK. There was none of this stuff for correcting your vision. Uh, Not too likely that I would get there. And so I kind of lost that dream. But then when I was in college and and when I graduated college, the dream kind of rekindled in that, well, maybe I can't be an astronaut, but maybe I can do something in the aerospace industry, in the space industry. And it took a long time, but probably about 20-something years later, I finally started a business. It was called Astro Expo, AstroWorks, um, that was a a web-based business for for aerospace companies. And, And for about seven years, I worked in that business and, and I loved it. I went to all these conferences. It was wonderful until the shuttle Columbia blew up. And then I was like, it, it, no, I, I, I'm not going to be able to continue this. I, but, but it didn't matter because I had gotten close to my dream. I touched it. I had, I had moved in that direction. And while I was working on that business, it was some of that most joyful times of my life. You know, now I've, my, my dream has changed. I, I still have dreams, but they're different. And so I'm moving on to other things. However, even though I couldn't find that way to like get myself out into space, I did get into that industry. It's kind of like, you know, everybody wants to be a movie. Let's say people want to be a movie star, an actor. They want to be strange. But but sometimes some very talented people end up becoming producers, directors, uh, production managers, like all kinds of other things. So they're still involved with making movies. They're just not in front of the camera. And so I feel like sometimes we get a little too hung up on a specific role around the dream and not the dream itself. But when we focus on the dream itself and being involved with it in some way, even if it's not necessarily the most direct or the way we have sort of predetermined in our minds, as long as we're following our heart, then we're really uh, set up to really live a life of joy and happiness. It won't always be easy though it's a lot easier than, than living a life of quiet desperation. It's a lot easier of, of conforming and fitting into what everyone else wants you to do. So um, I encourage you to think about, especially during these next couple of weeks before the new year starts, what are your dreams? What were your dreams when you were a little kid? Do you have new dreams, different dreams now? And even if they, those dreams don't feel so realistic, what can you do around those dreams? You know, maybe if you can't get to the dream directly, what are some indirect ways which you can still follow the dream, but not necessarily get so hung up on the dream itself? Okay, two wonderful, great quotes from Mike Dooley in the Universe and from Abraham. I I think absolutely the perfect quotes to set us up for uh, our guest who 
you know what? I'm going to I'm going to take a break a, a little bit early. And then uh, when we come back, I'm going to introduce my guest. I see on the Facebook Live, Loyal Lister Sanaya um, <laughs> wishes us all to enjoy the holidays. Thank you, Sanaya. Um, if anybody else has comments or questions, please uh, uh, comment on the Facebook Live. I'll, I'll get to it uh, during the show. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Please stay tuned. Remember, you are listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this live every Thursday, except for the next two weeks, uh, from 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook Live. And we will be right back after these messages. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. It is now my pleasure to introduce to you Michael Shine, who is the founder and president of Microfame Media, a marketing agency that specializes in making idea-based companies famous in their fields. Some of his clients have included eBay, uh, Magento, uh, the the Medici Group, University of Pennsylvania, Gordon College, University of California, Irvine, United Methodist Publishing House, uh, Rico, LinkedIn, and Citrix. His writings have appeared in Fortune uh, Magazine, Forbes, Psychology Today, and Huffington Post, and he is a speaker for international audiences spanning from the Northeast to the Southeast Coast of China. Oh, Northeast of the United States to Southeast of China. His book, the Hype Handbook, 12 Indispensable Success Secrets from the World's Greatest Propagandists, Self-Promoters, Cult Leaders, Mischief Makers, and Boundary Breakers appears everywhere books are sold in, on January 12th next year, 2021. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Michael. It is great to be here, Sam. It gives us a chance to uh, hang out a little bit, which we haven't done in a while. Yes, yes, yes. This is actually your second time mm -hmm. on the Conscious Consultant Hour. So welcome back. Um, it has been a bit, but for my my audience members and and uh, Patty, I see you also on the Facebook Live. Thank you for for joining us. Um, for those people that don't know you um, or haven't uh, seen the the show, I forget how long ago, like two three years ago, probably something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, how did you get into marketing? What what kind of moved you into this field of like looking at how to help people get their message and their voice out there in the world? 
So it's interesting. I was really enjoying your take on the quote that you read about following dreams, because when you first started, I just thought you were going to kind of talk about how you have to go for your dream, no matter what, if you want to be a underwater basket weaver, you need to be that no matter what happens. And um, I uh, never really, uh, there was a time where I believed that, but I I, uh, I never wanted to own a business or be involved in business. I, I was allergic to the idea of business um, and I've come to like it, but um, I wanted to do something in the arts, uh, particularly writing. Oh. Um, yeah, even when I was a little kid, five, six years old, as soon as I could read, I wanted to write stories for a living. I didn't know what it was called. I wanted to be a novelist and then I got really interested in music and I, I um, wanted to play in bands, but have sort of theatrical songs. I kind of gotcha. combine the theater and music like Bowie or something like that. And I tried to do that. I, I left, um, I, I left college, told my parents I was going to start a band. Uh, they probably um, oh, wished really? I would have run a home, run away from home before they paid for my college tuition, you know, um, yeah. and, and that's what I did. And I was a pretty mediocre uh, singer. I mean, we were kind of punkish, but, you know, mm-hmm. um, honestly, it was funny because I was raised in a generation. I think that it was just the start of that whole thing. It was the tail end of Generation X moving into millennials. Uh-huh where it went from like, get out of here, kid, to like, you can be anything you want. And so I figured since I wanted this, it's, it's something I could do. And ironically, though, um, it obviously didn't work out, but we got a lot farther than in retrospect, we had any business uh, oh. uh, of getting. And I think that's because of this thing that I now call hype, you know, uh-huh. um, not even marketing hype. I certainly didn't think of it as, as marketing at the time. So the kind of things we would do, you know, I, um, my bandmates and I talked us uh, talked our way onto Showtime at the Apollo, knowing full well we would be booed off. You know what I mean? Wow. That us exposure, so that happened. <laughs> um, I used to. We had a song called Ash Wednesday, and I would dress like a nun, and I would make sure the press would cover that. You know, um, and we used to put posters all over downtown that mm-hmm. said Dave Matthews must die. I don't know what we had against Dave. Wow. I think it was just that he was a hippie and we, you know, <laughs> and God bless him. I've seen the guy on interviews and he's a really nice guy and, and yeah. it's, I shouldn't have done that. But anyway, we, we got a bunch of exposure. I mean, we used to sell out this club, Arlene's Grocery all the time, We, um, which is a well-known club. We, we uh, had a residency there. We were on the cover of New York Press. I mean, so oh, we, nice. we, we did okay. Um, but, you know, as these things do, it, it sort of um, didn't work out and, and I had to get a job. And so I, I, uh, I fell into a very corporate job. It was just supposed to be a temporary thing, but I'm a hard worker and I uh, started to do well there. And eventually I liked it in the beginning because I was learning. It was so new mm. to me and I was sort of becoming a grown up. and I felt nice right. that I got the, the paycheck and all of that. But I was there eight years, and by year four, I was already miserable. I was starting to say to myself, I wanted to be a, a writer. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. And, and it was a call set. It was called the BPO industry, which basically uh, is a fancy way of saying it. We ran customer service call centers. Okay. And yeah, I, I guess I just convinced myself that, you know, listen, um, my dream failed, quote unquote, and now it's time to get serious and I, what business do I have giving away a good job and the paychecks got bigger. And by the time I, I left, I was a vice president role. I was vice president of solution oh, wow. development. Yeah. But I, I mean, I got this big bonus once and a raise on the same day because we had been working around the clock and I solved the problem. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the woman who was my girlfriend at the time, you know, uh, said to me, uh, aren't you, Oh, that's so great. And I'm like, I am a loser. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm a loser. I, I just got this bonus and raise for this thing that I just despise. And mm. it's just going to make it that much harder to leave. So um, long story short, I did eventually leave for various reasons. It took a lot of strength to do that. Mm. Uh, and um, I had a year's worth of savings and I decided I was going to be a freelance copywriter. And because I was a good writer that I would just get business. And I didn't. Um, I got a little bit, but not enough to support myself. And I burned through that savings and I was getting very, very nervous. And uh, I was, I was uh, getting very, very close to broke. And um, I read every sales and marketing book out there and none of them worked for me. 
So then I started like in a moment of desperation, I was kind of like, you know, I used to be good at this thing that I guess is called marketing with the band. I, I mean, just sort of naturally, and we didn't think of it that way. Now I'm so awful at it. And I was, I was doing a horrible job at sales and marketing. So I said, well, what if I tried to take that approach? I know it's the serious business world, but what if I did that? So I did, um, I experimented. I wrote an article for Inc, which I had gotten the opportunity to write uh, for. And it said why Gary Vaynerchuk is flat out wrong. And, and that's in our world, a big guru. And I, oh, I meant it, yeah. I mean, yeah. But um, I was a nobody. And that night he responded to me on video calling me out by name. And he was obviously very aggravated. Oh, and all really? his fans were like hammering me and calling me all kinds of things. And it was like the start of my career. I, I, <laughs> I got all these fans and followers and, you know, this and that. So I figured I was onto something. And so I guess what I've always tried to do is, I mean, that word marketing is convenient, but um, right. I, I guess I call it hype because to me, hype is not a negative. It's any activities that you do to generate a large emotional reaction to get people to do what you want. And that right. end can be good and it can be bad. It can be neutral. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how I got into it. We started doing it for clients. Um, and then I, it became a we, you know, went from a me to a we. And then um, I wrote, now I wrote a book about it to help good people do it for themselves. So that's yeah, sort of my uh, life story right there. Th th that's like so funny. I mean, there, there's so many things in what you said that just uh, I, I love. Uh, the, the first of which of, of just like, you know, calling somebody out, like, like being the contrarian and, and just like going after somebody who's, who's huge has already got a following, whether you believe it or not, it's just like to get people riled because even, like they say, um, any press is good press, right? It's like, even if people are telling you you're wrong, you're bad, you're stupid, whatever, the fact that they're paying attention to you is, is what you really wanted in the first place. Well, there's a caveat to that. I agree with that. However, uh -huh. I don't think it's the same as being a troll. Like a lot of people subscribe right. to the any press is good press. So they'll insult people and they'll do this. And, and there is some bad press, you know, especially in the social media era. era yeah. uh, if someone thinks you're uh, a jerk or, or a racist or, uh, you know, I don't know, right. whatever category, right, 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 right. the categories are broadening of things that are unacceptable. So there is bad press now. Uh, most press, though, is good press. I think when you set yourself as a contrarian to an idea, to a right. to like if everyone like is the, the status quo, you know, yeah, exactly. And I really did. It helps if you believe it. I mean, I really, I, I never insulted him as a person. In fact, I think he's really smart. But his idea of hustle um, around the clock really bothered me. And that's uh, what I called out. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool, cool. I want to ask you a little bit more about that. But I also wanted to point out that one of the things about your story was, you said how like, when you were young, like you love the idea of writing. And that even though like you, you love the idea of music and band and being a performer, like you still ended up back on sort of the writing. So it, it's kind of like you, you did have this dream and then you had another dream, but then you came back to your original dream. And, and it may not be exactly the way you thought. I mean, you are now an author, but, but sometimes, you know, when we're younger, we have this dream, right? And, 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 it, and in our minds, it looks a certain way, but then the reality of it shifts a little bit. And then we come back to the dream, but it's actually a different dream, but it's still just as fulfilling and just as joyful for us. That is exactly what I... I, I loved that quote for yeah. the way your interpretation of that quote, even more than the quote for that reason, because there was a time in my life. So first of all, with the band thing, for me, it was always about writing. Wow. I mean, I, I really was a songwriter and I even at, at certain points in the band's evolution would write scripts for what we did on stage, which we threw out. Uh. But I, to <laughs> me, it was always like, you know, I love Devo and Bowie. And to me, yeah. it was just another form of, of, theater and poetry so right. writing's been the constant but um yeah I you know I know authors who writers who they see their writing dream unfold in one way if they can't write avant-garde novels nothing else will do and they're very upset because they have to do other things to pay the bills and if and and, and there's just one 
way that this dream can unfold. To me, I, I get to write every day. I mean, I write for publications. I'm writing a book. I, I And if I ever do write fiction or something else, I'll know exactly how to market it. So mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I loved what you said at the beginning of the show. Thank that you. really spoke to me. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, and I have to tell you, I'm, I, you know, I kind of relate to you quite a bit because when I was in college and I, I, I kind of, my first year of college, I was like a physics major. And then it was at an engineering school and it kind of blew me out and I was just tired and I left and I went to a different college after that. And I didn't really know what I wanted to major yeah. in. I mean, eventually I became a computer science major, but before that I took all kinds of courses. I took classes in acting and writing and fine art. And I really loved the creative writing stuff. And I, yeah. and I loved you know, the, the science fiction, like when I was a kid, yeah, and I discovered well. science, yeah. science fiction, like, that's what got me to read, I, I hated right. reading, but when I, oh, I love this stuff. So I really, you know, had this idea of becoming a science fiction writer one day. Huh. Um, and, and the funny thing is, although I've like, written things over the years, my book, Everyday Awakening, it's the first book that I've actually published. And I have to tell you, after all this time, finally publishing a book, I just love the process. You know, I work yeah. with an editor. And, and again, this is for, for listeners who, who are new and haven't heard me talk about the book. It, it's a compilation of my blog. So I'd been writing it a little bit at a time over the last six years. And I started my blog. I didn't intend to turn it into a book. But just over time, so many people started saying, wow, there's really good stuff here. I love your perspective. I love this. Just what I needed to hear today. And people started telling me you should publish this stuff. And so when I decided this year, when the lockdown happened, I was like, I, I got to do this now. And I started working with a, with a professional editor to put it together and organize it and tighten it up and everything. I, I really, I just love the process yeah. so much that I was like, okay, this is just my first book. There's more books <laughs> coming out of me for sure. I love to hear that. I really love the process as well. I worked with a great editor at McGraw-Hill on this book, um, whose name is uh, Donya Dickerson. And you know, I, I anyone, if you have the right editor, which I certainly did, they really make the book better, not by Absolutely. rewriting anything, but by giving really well thought out suggestions that make you mm -hmm. rethink what you did. It's hard to get it right in the first draft. Right. And, and it's also an editor has a different experience than we do as a writer. Right. And so that experience informs what they do and then helps to make the work better because their experiences we don't have as Correct. writers. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, let's talk about why you decided to write this book now. And then we'll get into like, what's the real message of the book and, and how this can help people today. Okay, Michael? Sure, that sounds really good. Wonderful. And Patty, I see you on the Facebook Live. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, more books. Okay, Patty. Yes, I, I will come out with more books. Thank you so much. <laughs> so everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And uh, our guest this hour is Michael Schein, uh, president and founder of Microfame Media. And we will be right back after this. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift educate and power are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself others and god greetings i'm your host dr george andow for the show a journey through into awareness on my show we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m. So tune in on Talk Radio NYC. You know you have it, the potential for a more rewarding life, a life that matters. But how do you get there? The answer is in a best-selling book by the coach of the successful and wealthy, Ken D. Foster, The Courage to Change Everything, daily strategies and wisdom to awaken your hidden genius and transform your life. With this powerful yet amazingly simple daily guide, your future is in your hands. You will be empowered to unlock your potential, bring out your true gifts, increase your wealth, and take your life and business to a new level. Get your life-transforming copy of Ken D. Foster's The Courage to Change Everything by going to couragetochange.us. 
That's CourageToChange.us. Quite frankly, there's no other book like this. Imagine what your life could be like if you had at your fingertips the success principles to create the life you've always wanted. Are you ready to live your dream? Go to CourageToChange.us. Are you a curious person, always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So now you know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Michael Schein, founder and president of Microfame Media and author of the upcoming book, The Hype Handbook, 12 Indispensable Success Secrets from the World's Greatest Propagandists, Self-Promoters, Cult Leaders, Mischief Makers, and Boundary Breakers. Um, so, Michael, you've been doing this work for a while now. What was the impetus? What was the, the motivating factor that got you to say, okay, uh, let, me, let me put my ideas and, and the things I've come up with into a book now? So I, I think I've been playing with these ideas of um, what really gets large numbers of people so excited or emotional or transcendent that they start movements, become big followings, you know, these sorts of things that we all want or are, or, or, or find abhorrent, whatever it is, but these, these mass phenomena, I, I've been interested in that for a long time, but I think the moment that it started to coalesce into a book, I, I can kind of pinpoint it. I was on a business trip and I'm an odd kind of guy. So instead of reading your typical, like seven habits of highly effective people type books, I read these weird books to get ideas. So a lot of books of like old crowd psychology. And uh, I've always liked the biographies of old rock managers and cult leaders. And I would think, how can I find some tidbits here and apply them ethically, right? Or else they're just interesting to me. So I was in some other city, I don't even remember where. And it was it was the earliest stages of the Trump primary when no one thought he would win when he was just like a, a joke candidate to most people okay and i had a book with me called the crowd by gustav laban so gustav laban was a guy in the 19th century who watched the paris commune burn paris to the ground and by the end there was no rhyme and reason to it it was they already knew they had lost and they just kept burning things and, and rioting and he didn't understand why people behaved so irrationally right. so he spent the next like 40 years, he abandoned his medical practice to figure out how crowds work. And it's considered the first book of crowd psychology, but, but it's, you know, it's more than a hundred years old, this book. Wow. So I was sort of watching the first debate and, and flipping through this book, which I had already read part of. And the book was saying things like, you know, crowds respond well to vague, empty phrases that are visual and essentially meaningless um crowds respond well to external signifiers of prestige when prestige is not available money will do is an excellent mm -hmm. substitute and i'm watching trump saying these things that no candidate had ever said and i was like i feel like i'm reading a manual on how this guy operates <laughs> and it's from 140 years ago or whatever uh... And I went home and I started like telling all my like crunchy granola friends, you know, in Beacon, New York, <laughs> this guy might win, you know, and they're like, impossible, impossible, you know, and, and I don't know when that happened, I was kind of like, human beings, we, we might want to think that they behave a certain way, but or react a certain way, but they're really irrational and really inconsistent. And I've used a little of that, but it bothered me that certain people 
use it for what I don't consider good. Mm -hmm. um, right. No political. I mean, it, 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 interpret that however you want. But I, 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 I um, would see that, and I was like, it seems like a certain type of person comes to it very easily, and other mm. people, if they they either reject the idea or of, of using hype, of using crowd psychology, or they just don't come to it naturally. So what if I could convince people that it's their moral imperative to, 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 to spread good ideas in the most efficient wow. way? And what if I could teach them how to do it? Right. And that's, right. that's where it came from. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so that's interesting. Like you were one of the few people who kind of early on saw the potential for Trump to actually do what he did. Did you see that the potential that he might not get reelected this time, that the crowd would turn on him? I don't know. I, I got scared because I think he's such a good hype artist. I mean, I guess the, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm always wary to talk about politics. I end up always doing it because I know that, you know, some people get offended, but, but here we are. Um, I guess here was my thinking about this that and again I'm, I'm no political prognosticator you know right but um i feel like everyone i know is 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 miserable right now mm -hmm. you know um people are sick people are losing their jobs everyone is scared people are locked inside um there just seems to be chaos i feel like in any other era the person in charge of that would have lost 49 states. You know, yeah. I mean, Jimmy Carter lost whatever many states he lost because people had to wait for gas. Right. And I don't know. I, I'm amazed that it was that close. Mm. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. and that the party that supported him for so long is still basically in control of the other two branches. So whatever that's worth yeah. I think it just shows you like there's a, a principle of cognitive dissonance that if you believe yeah. in if you've really planted a claim and believing a certain point of view, it's real. You can either say that I was wrong and be embarrassed or you can say I believe in it even more strongly. And we're seeing a lot of cognitive dissonance now. So yeah. I don't know. But um OK, cool. Yeah, let, 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 let's move on because the time is moving quickly. Okay. The hype handbook. You, you mentioned before that you, you don't believe hype is a bad thing. What can people with good ideas and, and ideas worth spreading learn about hype that can really help them? Maybe give us a little insight into some of those 12 uh, success secrets. I think the thing to keep in mind is that human beings, our brains are wired to see the world not as it really is. Mm -hmm. but in ways that evolution um, designed it for to keep us alive and let us right. move quickly and reproduce. Right. So no matter how hard we try, we respond to certain stimuli. So it's neat. Mm -hmm. the, these strategies are neither good nor bad. A lot of bad people use them. So a few, mm -hmm. I mean, just to give you a few examples. So the first one is the one we talked about before, make war, not love, I, I call it that we are essentially tribal creatures. We often, right. as, 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 as positive as we try to see the world, we always define ourselves against people not mm. like us or things not like us. I think a way to apply that ethically, however, and for good, is to position yourself against ideas, not against people and their personal qualities. So, mm. you know, uh, maybe you're the person you know, I don't know, uh, Martin Luther King positioned himself against intolerance. Mm, gotcha, he would say, I hate gotcha. poverty. I hate intolerance, you know? Gotcha. Um, and, and I think that's a very, you know, important strategy to use. And that has a lot of, a lot of nuances. Um, I think there's a strategy, another good one, there's a strategy called give, give the little babies their milk or give the babies their milk before meat. And uh, religions talk about this a lot. That's a religious term. If you introduce a brand new religion, it invariably sounds very weird and, mm -hmm. and, and scares people because human beings don't like big change. change. Right. So you introduce things with language that they're familiar with. You give them mm -hmm. new concepts in a very digestible manner. Right. So how that can be used for good is if you want to see real change in the world and you actually want to see real change in the world. You don't just want to 
hear yourself talk or have other people make you feel better by saying the right thing, then you use language that the people you're trying to win over can easily digest and you wrap your bold new ideas in that. So for example, um, I think it's, this might get me in trouble on this show, but I think it's arguable that some of the language in, on the, in the woke sort of part of progressivism while it's getting an audience, it's turning off a lot of people that would be needed to be brought on board to make the kind of change they want to make. Right. Unless guns came into play, which no one wants. So if right. you could instead wrap those ideas in something familiar, that really helps. Um, you know, it, yeah. it's interesting you say that because with my book, I, one of the things that I really tried hard is in my writings is to use very plain, very simple, very approachable right. language because I felt like there are enough people who write the really esoteric stuff for people who are like deep in a spiritual path. And I wanted to reach the people who don't consider themselves spiritual, who don't consider themselves yogis, but who are open to just different ideas and different perspectives. And I found that by using sort of easy to read language, it makes it more approachable and people read it and think about it and go, Oh, that's an interesting idea. I think it's a very, very wise move. I think I think it's really important if you really want to introduce new people into your world instead of speaking to the converted, as they call it, that you mm-hmm. do exactly what you chose to do for your book. Mm-hmm. Okay, great, great. Um, okay, I, I want to take our next break. And when we, cause, uh, when we come back, I want to talk about um, what you learned from cult leaders <laughs> and, and how can we apply that not to starting our own cult, but again, to... Uh, uh, creating more influence in the world that we can use in a positive way that we can help to uplift and 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 wake up more people in a way uh, but without them necessarily uh, uh, thinking that we're trying to 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 change them you know what I mean I do great so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity we were speaking this hour with michael shine a founder and president of microfame media and author of the upcoming book the hype handbook and we'll be right back after this you're listening to talk radio nyc uplift educate empower Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. And 
Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking with Michael Shine, author of the upcoming book, The Hype Handbook. Um, so you, you take some examples in your book from, from people, cult leaders, mischief makers, you call them boundary breakers. What are some insights that our audience could possibly use to help to get their message out that you've learned from people like that? Because oftentimes we think like if somebody seems bad or evil, like there's nothing to learn from what they're doing. Well, I think the single worst human being that I wrote about in this book, and there were quite a few bad people in this book, but the worst was Charles Manson. Ooh. Yeah. And I read a story about how he was um, a low-level pimp and a car thief, and he was oh. in jail, prison, one of the many times he was in prison, before he was... Charles Manson, capital C, capital M. And he found out that they were offering a course in um, Dale Carnegie in, in how to win friends and influence people. Really? And so he enrolled. It's interesting. They no longer teach uh, his stuff in prison because of this. So he enrolled in this course and he became the star student in the course. Wow. And the principle that attracted him most was one of the chapters in the book that's called uh, Let the Other Fellow Feel the Idea is His. Mm-hmm. So when he um, emerged from prison, he saw this opportunity in the, in the counterculture. So he restyled himself as a hippie and found these middle class kids who were attracted to that movement. And he would never tell them what to do. So what he would do is he would ask them questions. He would say, you know, um, I'm paraphrasing, but things are getting pretty heated against the establishment right now. You know, with the establishment, what do you think we should do about it? Well, we could uh, we could stage a sit-in. Yeah, yeah, but other people are doing that. Does anyone have any other ideas? And he would wait until he heard the idea. Like, now that's all. That's a wonderful idea, man. That's pretty groovy. You know how how else do you think we should do it? And he would guide them where he wanted them to go with questions. And before long, with other methods as well, they were proposing killing people and this and that. And that's exactly what he wanted them to do. Now, what I found really interesting is that Warren Buffett, who, whether you like him or not, he's probably one of the most admired people in business. Sure. He has one diploma on his wall and Mm. it's from the Dale Carnegie Institute. He went to Columbia. He doesn't have that on his wall. He said it was the most important thing that he ever did. And he uses the exact same principles that Charles Manson uses. So again, Mm. human psychology is human psychology. It can be used for evil and it can be used for good. And it's just a function of where you want to put your attention. But the principles don't change. Yeah, yeah, got you, got you. Like, I I guess it goes back to like that old saying, you know, it's all just a tool like a hammer. You could use a hammer to build a house or you can use it to hit someone in the head and kill them. That's exactly right. That you, you, you hit the nail on the head. No pun intended. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I wanted to go back with something you said before, just because I ha- there are a couple of hosts on the network who just adore Gary V, Gary Vanderchuk, and 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 you you your first thing that kind of got you going was how uh, Gary Vanderchuk is wrong. But what exactly did you feel was wrong about what Gary V talks about, and and sure. and then how did you kind of? Uh, uh, attract people to then like not just the people who criticized you for criticizing him but that actually brought a following to you so i should start out by saying that i think when it comes to business and especially a certain kind of marketing gary vaynerchuk is a genius i mean he Mm -hmm. started out with a service called wine library and wine library tv that i continue to think is is adds a lot of value to the world it was very cool he internet you can order wine on the internet and he would have this show where he would kind of combine compare wine to cinnamon toast crunch and skittles and it was it was cool um i guess what stuck in my head is that he he became sort of this internet inspirational guru that mainly young people uh follow right and he, I, I noticed that he, every time he spoke, he would say about 55 times how hard you need to work around the clock and how hard you need to hustle. And he would say things like, and he, he's modulated this, moderated this a little bit recently, 
but in the in 10 years ago, I, I sit on the toilet at three in the morning and I'm tweeting from the toilet. Like that's how much you have to, to do. Mm-hmm. And I guess what bothered me is that the only one who seemed to be getting really rich was, was Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, you had, you had all these kids um, worshiping this guy. They call themselves Vaniacs. And there's reasons for that too. I mean, cults get their followers to work really hard for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And also I just felt that like, what if you're making the wine? And you're not just marketing the wine. Should you be spending all your time tweeting or should you be working on wine? So I felt that you needed to use systems. And at the time I was sort of selling a systematic approach to copywriting. Mm-hmm. So what I basically said is um, exactly what I, what I just said. And I think the reason that people um, followed me, even though it offended his followers, was that there were all of these dispersed people who probably felt exactly like I did, but couldn't put their finger on it. And it may not have been against Gary. It may have been, you know, I keep hearing these hustle messages, but like, right. I, I don't know about that. And I think by defi- by seeing a guy who defined himself against this predominant viewpoint, they now had a leader to latch on to. Right, right. And, right. and I, I think that's what happened there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's kind of, and it's funny you say that because I actually for a a couple of years now have been kind of promoting this idea that productivity is not necessarily a good thing for the individual. Yeah. I can see that. Productivity is great for society. Society gets a lot out of it, but for the individual, you know, it means we have less free time. It means we're more worn out. It means everything is like around work and like how much energy then do we have to enjoy ourselves and take time off. And that sometimes being less productive, we can actually get more accomplished uh, because then we're not so stressed out. Yeah. And it's about the kind of work that, that, that you're accomplishing. I mean, let's just even take personal fulfillment out of it. If you're, if you need to put fenders on a car, you need to be really productive, right? But right. if you need to come up with new ideas, I'm not sure that tweeting 16 out of 24 hours a day really helps do that. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Okay, we, we just got a, a couple of minutes left. One last myth-busting idea you have uh, that goes against the grain of what most people think is quote-unquote good marketing. Huh. Yeah, I guess um, I I think one myth-busting idea is that when you're building a following and trying to get a lot of fans, that you should do it person by person by person, that you should Mm -hmm. grind it out. This is connected a little bit to the Gary Vee thing, but that you should grind it out and build, you know, a big following. What I found is most people that I call hype artists, they create the appearance of building a following person by person. But what they do a lot more of is build relationships with people below the surface in a way that goes beyond networking, like almost building up their own old boys network, like their own Mm -hmm. secret society. And when it's time to launch something new, they tap all of those people and say, hey, spread the word. You know what I mean? And and, and I feel that there is a perception of, of this idea to just grow this following in this grassroots way where what you really should be doing is make it seem grassroots but foster mm. powerful relationships right right so it's find those centers of influence right. who who you can then leverage who can be the linchpins for yeah. you to really get it out there yeah all right excellent excellent wonderful wonderful well mike you thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today if people want to contact you find out more about you and 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 get your book you know where can they go yeah, I mean, the, the book is available in all of the normal places. I mean, we're in this pandemic era, so Amazon and Barnes & Noble online or, or, or wherever you get books online, but certainly if you can get it at a bookstore, I'm a big fan of bookstores. Yes, um, yeah, my company is microfamemedia.com. Another cool thing that I do, um, I have a book list that I put out every uh, between month and three months, all of these weird books I'm talking about, I recommend them. Oh, cool. So that's... Uh, it's called hypereads.com slash list. A bit of a mouthful, but that's that's uh, what it is. And that's Hyper a lot of fun. Okay. Cool, cool. I'll put that in the, in, in the comments of the video as well. Well, thank you, Michael. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm wishing you the best for the new year. And it's a great time to come out with a new book. Um, 
And uh, thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in all year long, as you have been. We've had some great uh, guests. If you've missed any of my old shows and you want to go back, don't forget, the podcast is available on all the major platforms, on Apple, on Google, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Um, I have like over 300 episodes. I don't even know how many episodes I have out there that goes back years. Um, And just to remind people, some of the recent ones that were really amazing was having a uh, Dr. John D. Martini recently on my show that he was wonderful. And uh, a couple of months ago, having on uh, uh, Lynn McTaggart and, and John Perkins, uh, two wonderful authors. That was a great show too, all around um, our moment of choice, a new book that they contributed to. So thank you all for tuning in. Uh, once again, remember uh, for Christmas week and New Year's week, uh, we're we're closed here on talkradio.nyc. We still have a couple of more live shows later today. I mean, Ken Foster's show, uh, Voices of Courage uh, in a moment, and then later this afternoon, um, Antonia's show, So Now You Know. And at six o'clock, a premiere of a brand new show on the network, Extra Innings, a fascinating show about suicide and uh, how baseball helped save Albert from uh, a depression and stuff, followed by uh, Graham Dobbins' show, uh, Mind Behind Leadership. And of course, we have our, our shows tomorrow, um, uh, Always Friday and the Entrepreneurial Web. And then that's it for new live shows. And then we will be back in January. January 4th, we'll be back. Thank you all. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. All the best to all of you. We will talk to you in 2021. Take care, Michael. Thanks for having me, Sam. Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a curious person, always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So now you know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauber, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. 
While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.